We have been discussing the laws of Kavod and Mora for parents. Today we'll discuss a few of the cases where it seems problematic if you really have to listen to your parents either in the din of Kavod or Mora. One case would be where the parents are Rishayim. Now, one of the topics that we will not discuss is exactly what is the halachic category of a Russia. Who is called a Russia? That what kind of avarice does it mean? We'll just assume that there is a concept called a Russia, and we'll discuss if a person, a child, has to give kavod and morat to such a person. The Gemara in Yuvamis, the and Aleph, cites the Mishnah that anyone is chayav in kav in. If he hits his parents and causes a wound or curses his parents, so the Gemara says that even a, a mamzer is chayev in dinim of kibud av and morao. The Gemara then goes on to say that he's not chayev on, unless he did tshuva. He's not chayev misa unless he, the father did tshuva. So, the riff explains that you're not allowed the isur of hitting your parents or cursing your parents would apply to everyone. But, unless your parents did tshuva, you're not really chayev misa on rishayim. Now, the Rambam learned in Hilchos Mamim, Perek Vav Halacha Yudalif, Hamamzer Chayav Bichvod Aviv, Umarao, Afal Pishu Patura Makatovi Kilato Achiyasachuva. He says clearly that if a child would hit a parent, again causing a wound or cursing him, he'd be Potter. There might be an Easter. The Rambam seems to say later that there is an Isur of Hakon and Klola, even if the person did not do Tshuva. But you're not Chayev Misa unless they did Tshuva. Nevertheless, the Ramam learns that you're Chayev in Kavod Avivimoro, even though he didn't do Tshuva. Afil Vaya Aviv Rasha Ubal Averos Mechabdo Misari Menu. Even if your father or your mother was really a Russia, a sinner, still you have the din of Kavod and Mora. Now, the Gemara in Kedushin, I'm sorry, the Gemara of Metziah, Daf Samech Beis, seems to imply the opposite. The Gemara in Bav Metziah says that if a father died, and left his child money, but money that he had taken as a payment of rebeat, of interest, which is which of course is forbidden. So the Gemara says you have to return the money, the child should return the money, the inheritor should, should return the money after his father's death. The Gemara says, but it says, only ba'osei ma'asei amcha. This law would only apply if the father is performing the pre- prescribed acts for the Jewish people. 
And the Gemara answers, oh, we're talking in a case where the father did shuva. So then the Gemara says, but if the father did shuva, why is the money there? Why didn't he return the money? And the Gemara says he did do shuva, but he simply had not had the opportunity yet to return the the money. But it therefore it seems fairly obvious from this Gemara that unless your father had done shuva, you don't have to do kavod and mora at all. When the Gemara in Yevamas therefore said you're not chayev on hakah and klola, even unless he did tshuva. So it would seem that you're not chayev on kavod and mora at all. That's what the Gemara says in Bav Metziah. The Mefarshim on the Rambam asked this question. And they seem to say a number of different answers. The Radvaz suggests a very, very interesting answer. He said, that if your father is still alive, then you might be chayev in kavod of your father, even if he's a rasha. But once he passed away, you're not chayev, unless he do tshuva. What would be the rationale for that? So he said a very strange idea. A person who is alive can always do tshuva. We learn that a tshuva can undo the Avera. The Gemara, in fact, asks, how can you undo certain types of Averas? But it means, in terms of the person, the person can remove this concept of being a Russia, apparently even the Mefreya. So he said, once the father has done Shuva in his life, then his earlier sins will be forgiven and forgotten. And therefore, the son will transgress Lemefreya retroactively, as it were. He'll transgress Kibodaf. Right now, it seems that your father is a Russia, and therefore you have to respect him. I'm sorry, if he's a Russia, you do not have to respect him. But since the possibility of doing Shuva exists, and therefore at this present time, he indeed might not be a Russia. He might only look like a Russia to you at this time. But once he does tshuva, we'll see that retroactively he was a tzaddik at this time. This concept would mean that after the father is dead, when he no longer can do tshuva, so therefore he's a Russia, and there's no din of kavod for a Russia. This would mean that we do not judge people by what they are now, but what they could be in the future. This seems to be against the principle that we know, Ba'asher Husham. Ba'asher Husham means we judge people at the present time. We have this example in many cases. For example, if a, if a Nazir would drink wine, we'd give him malchus. But it could very well be <coughs> that he'll go to a Tamit Chacham or to a Bezdin and have his Nazirus removed retroactively. But, of course, we punished him at the time. The time that he did it, we know that it is possible that it could be removed retroactively. But, we judge things in face value. This red vase seems very, very strange. Another answer could be suggested that the Gemarim of Metziah that says you do not have to return the money unless 
you know that your father did tshuva, it seems strange for other reasons as well. Didn't we learn that we paskin according to the to the Bavli that you don't have to spend money at all for kibbutz? Once a child inherits his father's estate, the money is completely his. Why should he have to return it at all? Even if his father did do tshuva, you have money, you don't have to spend money for kibbutz. So it could very well be that this is a special halacha because it's considered a davar mesuyam, it's considered a specific thing which would bring shame to your father and therefore there is an obligation to return it. But this obligation would only ap- ap- apply once your father did shuva, and then it seems an, a, an extra special meritorious act to return it. But it would be difficult to say that you really chayiv mishum kiburav when it's your money that you have to return. The Kesef Mishnah goes along those lines. He says, Kilo Yashua. If the father had not done Shuva, then the children had inherited the money. The Torah did not require them to return the money because he said that the law of Rebit is unique, that it applies to the father and not to the child. And therefore, it's their money. I would say that even if, if the law of repeat applies to everyone, but nevertheless, they inherited the money. It's theirs completely. They don't have to return it. The other suggestion of an answer would be that in general, I don't understand the whole halacha of returning money after your father passed away. Because we've discussed is there a, a din of kibbutz av la'achamisa? Since we explained that kibbutz av is mechabdo, as you give him food, machileyu, mashkeyu, motzir machnisa, which we've said many times already, so why should it apply after death at all? And we suggested that this is a din de rabbanan. This might be a, a, a rabbinic law that you have to honor your parents after death. Maybe the rabbinic laws do not conform necessarily to the biblical laws. And maybe Midrabanan, you would have to be Mechabed, your father, even after his death. Of course, this would be a purely theoretical suggestion because there's no hint of this in the Rambam. The Rambam just simply says that you have to return, you have to honor your father, even though he's a Russia, even if he did not do tshuva. We just tried to explain why there's no contradiction from the Gemara in Bav Mitzir. Another example of a case where it would be a question if you have to listen to your parents is in the case of your parents becoming senile. In the tragic event of parent senility, the question would be raised, how should one treat his parents? And this is based on the Gemara in Kedushin, Daflam and Elephant Base. The Gemara has a very strange story. The Gemara says, Rav Ami, Rav Asi, Havlahim It's interesting even to note the Gemara just before that. The Gemara talks about how difficult the mitzvah of Kibbut Avaim is, and the Gemara says that Rav Yochanan said, a person is lucky 
Ashrei. Ashrei Mishalochaman. A person is lucky if he never saw his parents. Obviously, he doesn't mean that it's better, chas v'shalom, not to have parents. He just was saying there is a benefit in ne- not having parents. And Rashi says because you never can fulfill kibbut av to the utmost. And Rashi adds, v'hu shalem. A person will be punished for not fulfilling this mitzvah as he should. The Gemara then relates that Rav Yochanan indeed was such a child. His father died before he was born and his mother died in childbirth. And the Gemara says that, that this is true of Abayi as well. There were Gedolim who passed, who were born and were orphans from childhood. There is a tragic case of some good fortune involved in this, pointed out Rav Yochanan. Rav Asi, the Gemara then says, had an elderly mother. And she said, I need jewelry. Now, it does seem strange that a mother would ask her child for, for jewelry. So he said, good, I'll, I'll make it for you. And he made it for her. Then the Gemara says, she said, I need a man. I need a husband. Also very strange. So he said, we'll look into it. I need a, a husband, a man, who's as good looking as you. As good as you. He already sensed, maybe sensed it earlier, that something was really wrong here. We won't dwell upon what is really wrong. But then the Gemara says, Shafka. He left her. The Azal Le'er Yisrael. He went Le'arad Yisrael. He went on Aliyah. The Gemara then goes on to an, another interesting discussion, which we might back, go back to later. But in the meantime, the Gemara just said that he left his mother. So it seems from here that although his mother needed his help, needed his care, he abandoned her. And it seems, we're talking, after all, about Ravasi. So we assume he did the right thing. You see from here that a child can abandon his parents when they're senile. The Rambam codifies in Perek Vav Mehilchas Mamim Halacha Yud, in a case where the father or the mother will say went insane. You try to treat them as well as you can until there will be mercy upon them. If he simply cannot bear it because they became too demented, he should leave them alone. He should leave. He should ask other people to take care of the parents as well as they can. The Rambam apparently learned the story of Ravasi as the source of this halacha, but he added the assumption that he told someone else to take care of them. He just didn't abandon his, his mother. He must have told someone else to take care of him. The Ravid there 
says, Amar Avram, Ein Zohara Nechona. The Rabbit said, this is incorrect. Im hu yeleich v'yaniach lo, if he will leave, who could he command? Who could he tell to take care of them? The rightest question seems to be, if a child can't take care of his parent, then who could? The remarkable point of the rightest is that this is against the Gemara. The Gemara says Ravasi did it. So, how could the Ravid ignore that story of the Gemara and say you're not allowed to abandon your father or mother? We saw the Ravasi did abandon his mother. The commentaries in the Ramam, of course, point this out and question how the Ravid could ignore Gemara. And there might be a few possibilities of what the Ravid thought. When the Gemara told the story of Ravasi, it does not necessarily endorse that story. Maybe the, the, the Ravad really thought that the Gemara told the story, but it did not condone such behavior. The continuation of the story, which we'll see later, there's a sort of a tragic end. Maybe that the continuation of the story proves that he did wrong. The second possibility would be that the Ravad indeed uses that story as saying that a person could abandon his father, could not abandon his, his mother. When Ravasi left his mother, the Gemara points out that he went to an Aliyah. Now, it is true that he did go on Aliyah, but A, why did he go on Aliyah? And B, why did the Gemara point it out? Perhaps what the Gemara meant is that only in the case of Aliyah, when a person went to Eretz Yisrael, when a person went to do a mitzvah, is he allowed to abandon his parents. And we will discuss in Yitz Hashem today, whether you are allowed to leave your parents to go to live in Eretz Yisrael. But maybe this is what the Gemara is trying to say, that you're not allowed to leave your parents, even if they're demented. But, in the particular case of Ravasi, he did leave. He probably wanted to leave for this particular reason. But, he went on Aliyah, and you, the reason he did what he did was proper is because he went on Aliyah. But leaving parents, without doing a mitzvah of going to Eretz Yisrael, According to the Ravid, it might indeed be improper. The question of the Ravid asked needs to be answered. The Ravid said, if, you, if, a, if a child cannot take care, of his, take care of his parents, who can? So, interestingly, the Radvaz suggests that there, is, there are certain cases where it's obvious that children would have more trouble taking care of parents than an institution or other people. So he says, for example, sometimes the other people, strangers, can scold the person who's demented and even sometimes give him some sort of therapy, shock therapy, even hitting them which might help them recover from their senility. Sometimes the treatment that's necessary for insane people can be done better in a more objective manner by people who are not that emotionally involved with the patients. And the Radhavaz ends by saying, Masim b'choyom b'chayotzeh 
The Ravid, the, the Radvas says, you see this all the time. This is a very common practice. That there are professionals or people who know how to treat people who are demented. And the child cannot do it. So, you do see from this Rambam, you see from the Gemara, it seems against the Ravid that one may leave his parents if he feels he cannot take care of them properly because of their mental problems. But, of course, he should instruct other people and find a good institution for them and make sure they get the best care possible. The discussion that we've had today, whether a person must listen to or serve his parents, Kibbut Avaim, with a Russia, of course raises the next issue. What would happen if your father to- or mother told you to do an Avera, told you to do something wrong? So we know the basic case, of course, is based on the Pasuk and Chumash. The Torah says, Ishi Mova Vifti a person should have awe from his parents, but keep Shabbos. And of course, we learn from there that if your parents tell you to be Mechal Shabbos, you have to ignore them and keep Shabbos. We have discussed already the Rajba and Yevamis and other Rishonim have asked the question, if your father told you to be Mechal Shabbos, is there any Kibbutav at all involved in that? Let's say your father... Uh, you want to stay home and watch tele- and, 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 and sit around the house and your father told you, go light a fire. So why is there uh, why is there kibbutav in such a thing? And we had to raise the issue uh, does kibbutav apply to things that are not necessarily involved in cover and mora? But let's assume the case would be that the father told him to cook something for Munchabis or that he really needed some personal service which involved Chil Shabbos. So the Gemara says you don't have to listen to your parents. That, of course, is referring to the major Avera of Chil Shabbos. The Rambam says in Perek Vav, Halachiyad Beis, where we've been learning three Halachas in the same Perek of the Rambam. Mish Amaylo Aviv Avor al Divrei Torah, Bein Amaylo Avor al Mitzvah Slotase. Now that seems to be a Chiddush. The Gemara said that the law of ignoring your father's wishes applies not only to Shabbos. It applies to a case where your father told you not to return a lost object or he told a Kohen to become Tamei. There the issue of course is even more uh, difficult why is there kibbutz av when your father told you to become a katorin to be tamei? And you'd have to say it's talking in a case where there's food in the cemetery that he wants, or he needs the son to go to the cemetery, or the discussion that we've had in the past does kibbutz av apply even when the father has no personal benefit? So from this case, as we 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 learn that on one hand, a person who told you to do an avera is not called a rasha, because if it would be called a rasha then according to some Rishonim, you won't have to listen to him anyway. But it, of course, according to the Rambam, that you have to be Mechabed Russia. So there's no proof from this story 
if you were a Russia by telling somebody to do an Avera. Nevertheless, we learn from this, from this halacha that if your father told you to do any Avera, as the Gemara said, you, you have to listen to him. But you have to ignore him. You cannot do the mitzvah. You cannot transgress the mitzvah, you cannot do the Avera. But the Ramam seems to have added more than the Gemara. Because the Gemara says, of course, by Chil Shabbos, you don't listen to your father. By re- if he tells you not to return an Aveda, you don't have to listen to your father. If he tells you to become Tame, you don't have to listen to your father. All those laws have, in, have inside them a, a laugh. There's, it's Usr. Even by Hashavas Aveda, there's a laugh, Lo You're not allowed to do the, ignore the lost object. You have to take care of it. So it's true there is a mitzvah say, but there's also a laugh. The Ramam said this law of ignoring your parents would apply even to a a, a mitzvah say, but even to a mitzvah say durabanan. For example, if your father would tell you not to daven mincha, since we paskin according to the Rambam, the Rambam paskins that davening once a day is a biblical obligation, and the other twice. The three times we have to daven daily are is the chiyuv to rabbanan. If your father would tell you not to daven mincha for whatever reason, let's assume he he needed you to do something for four hours that that that, that you can daven mincha, and you simply cannot daven mincha in that time. The Rambam says clearly you do not listen to your father. Where do you get that from? You don't listen to your father to rabbanan. So the truth is, in terms of svara, it makes sense because the Gemara learns that. If your father told you to transgress any law of the Torah, you have to obey HaKadosh Baruch Hu and not obey your father because he's also chayv in kibbut av. He's chayv in kibbut av of his father, the Rebbein Shalom. So therefore, everybody's orders are, are subjugated to the orders of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In that respect, once you say that this is God's wish, then Whatever your father would say, against God's wish, even if the wish had been interpreted by Chazal or determined by Chazal, it would be included in the concept of the Radvaz, the says, I mean, the, the Kesef Mishnah says that since it's included in Losasser, according to the opinion that every Drabanan is based in Losasser, so therefore, in a sense, when you when your father told you not to fulfill a mitzvah of the, of the Rabbanan, you are transgressing Losasser and you say, I added to that, even if you don't say there's Losasser involved, but you would say that it's the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so then you would still say that you should ignore your parents' wishes and do what the Halacha requires, whether it be an Easter of the Torah, a mitzvah of the Torah, or a mitzvah rabbana. One of the most interesting questions that have come up uh, recently in many cases has been, how would this apply to the law of telling your children not to go on Aliyah? Parents who live in Eretz Israel, or uh, parents who live in America, would want their children not to come to, to Eretz Israel. In the case of the parents living in Eretz Israel and saying it's better for whatever reason for children to stay in America, it's even worse. The parents are in Eretz Israel where Kibbutz is possible and they tell them to live in America. 
But the, the opposite scenario is the one that generally happens. Parents live in America. They don't want their ch- children to abandon them. They might even claim that their children, they really need their children. Their children have to help them, etc. And the parents tell the children they can't go. What are you supposed to do? In order to answer this story, this case, first of all, we'd have to determine, is there indeed a mitzvah to go on Aliyah? Rabbi Moshe Feinstein has a well-known tshuva, where he said that it's a mitzvah kiyumis to go on Aliyah. It's not a mitzvah that a person must do. It is true, Rabbi Moshe says, that if a person goes on Aliyah, bizman hazeh, he fulfills a mitzvah. But Rabbi Moshe said there's no chiyuv, there's no obligation. And then you would ask the another question. If your father told you not to do a mitzvah kiyumis, if your father told you not to do a mitzvah kiyumis, a mitzvah you must do, so you don't listen to your parents. But if, the, if your father told you not to do a mitzvah kiyumis, a mitzvah that you don't have to do, it's one that we would some, see as somewhat optional, would you listen to your parents? Would you have to? The particular case of Kiburav also has been discussed in connection with the Gemara and Kedushan that we mentioned. The Ravasi went and left his demented mother to go on Aliyah. And we already have suggested that maybe only to go on Aliyah, because that would be a mitzvah, would give him the right to leave his mother. That's the pshat we suggested according to the Raivet. People tried to bring a Raya from a Medrash by Avram Avinu. When Avram went on Aliyah, the Medrash points out that he abandoned Terach. Terach lived in Chutzlaretz, and Avram told him to leave. And Avram was told by Hakadosh Baruch Hu to leave and to go to to go to live in Eretz Yisrael. But the Medrash says, "I free you, Avram, from the mitzvah of Kibudav, but I do not free others." That Medrash implies that Avram was told directly by God to go on Aliyah, therefore he had the right to abandon his parents. But uh, another person who did not get such a tzivri from Gadosh Baruch Hu should not do so. Rav Avadiyu Yosef has a tshuva. In fact, he has more than one tshuva about this. In Yechavadas Chelek Gimel, in Yechavadas Chelek Dalid, where he says clearly that this is a case where your father or mother would tell you not to do a mitzvah, and you do not have to listen to them. First of all, he says that there is a mitzvah in going to live in Eretz Israel, And then he debates, even if it would be a mitzvah kiyumis, even if it would be a mitzvah that you don't have to do, but a mitzvah that you fulfill, but don't have to fulfill, whether Kibbutzav could pro- ban such a mitzvah. But at the end, he paskins that the raya from Avram is not a clear raya, because that's referring before the Torah was given, when Eretz Yisrael had not yet really been designated as the land of Kedusha. Remember that Kedusha Sa'aretz only began when Yoshua came into Eretz Yisrael. So he said, before the Torah was given, before we came into Eretz Yisrael, maybe people should not have left their parents to go on, the, on Aliyah. Even though Eretz Yisrael has some unique significance, but it didn't attain its special significance until later. So he said, therefore, the raya from the Medrash is not a raya. And he felt that there is a mitzvah chiyuvis to go on aliyah. And even if it would be a mitzvah chiyuvis, he felt it's a mitzvah that you should do. And therefore, you would not have to listen to your parents who told you to go on aliyah. 
it should be noted that there are many Achronim who have raised this issue and some have debated and some have taken the opposite viewpoint. We presented the opinion <coughs> of Rav Yosef. With this shiur, we have uh, finished our discussion of Kavod and Morah, and of course we should just emphasize how important a mitzvah it, it is, a mitzvah for which we are promised Arichus Yamim.